I haven't seen what before? These shoes that I'm wearing today. Those are new shoes. I haven't seen those before. Right? Right, Penelope? Oh, I can't see y'all way over there. Amelia, come over here. Caleb, can you come over here? Yeah. Everybody scoot this way. Scoot this way, everybody. Scoot this way, everybody. Scoot this way. There you go. How about that right there? You'll sit right there? Oh. <laughs> you good? You good? Okay. Let me Got something. Penelope, did you say something? I can't hear you. I didn't say anything. Huh? Did you say something? No. I can't hear you. Millie, did you say something? I was just waving. I can't hear you. I was They're waving. talking. Huh? They're talking. I know, but I can't hear you. Are you saying something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Well, are you are you talking to me? Yeah. What are you saying? I can't hear you. Why can't I hear you? Because you're plugging your ears. What? I've got fingers. Yeah. I have fingers. I have ten fingers. Yeah. Wait a minute. That helps. That helps. I can hear you now. I was waving. You were waving. I was waving back. So. Do you ever, did your mommy and daddy ever feel like you have your fingers in your ears because when they tell you to do something, you don't listen? Huh? Yep. Mm-hmm. They tell you to do something and you're not paying attention or you're, you're doing something else and you're just not listening. You think we should listen to our parents? I love to play. You love to play? And, and your mommy and daddy let you play too, don't they? At the right times, right? At 2 o'clock is my playtime. At 2 o'clock, that's your playtime? That's my playtime, right after my nap. What's your playtime? Two o'clock? No, not really. Not really, I don't have a playtime. I don't have a playtime. The only thing my dad plays with is his cars. He always plays with his cars? I like The little ones? The little cars? Oh, the big cars. Big 500 cars. I like Minnie Mouse and Little Wendy's. Mommy likes Little Wendy's. So, do you listen to your mommy and daddy? You know, in the gospel reading today, Jesus, Jesus spoke, God, no, God spoke, and his disciples heard him. Do you know what he said? Do you know what God said? This is my son, what? He is chosen. He is chosen. He, he said, I love him, but the, the last three words were what? Listen to him. Listen to whom? Listen to Jesus. We have to listen to Jesus. Did you know that? Penelope, oh, sit down so she can see. So did you know that your mommy has to listen to Jesus? And your daddy has to listen to Jesus? And your brothers and sisters have to listen to Jesus? Your great uncles? And you have to listen to Jesus? And I have to listen to Jesus? And everybody in here has to listen to Jesus? If we don't listen to Jesus, what happens? That's a hard question, isn't it? And not a trick question. You really get your booty kicked. <laughs> you get your booty kicked? <laughs> well, yes. That's exactly right. That's right. 
When we don't listen to Jesus, when we don't listen to Jesus, our life goes wrong. When we don't listen to Jesus, when we think we're doing the right thing, but we're not listening to Jesus, we're going to stray off the path and go the wrong way. Jesus says, listen, God says, the Father, God says, listen to him, to Jesus. What, Millie? Who? Who are you talking about? Never mind. No, I want to hear it. It's about Saul. Oh, Saul. Yeah. Oh, Saul. Because he didn't believe in Jesus at first, did he? And then... And then his life went wrong. And Jesus talked to him from heaven, right? Yeah, then he's like, oh, I made the wrong decision. I made the wrong decision. And then he lived his life for Jesus, didn't he? Yeah. And that's what God wants us to do. But he always had one problem with him. What? But no one knows it. Well, if no one no, knows it's it. Probably, it's probably, well, no one knows what it is. He just. Do you? Nah. Well, what was the one problem? Now you got us wondering. Oh, you mean he, the thorn in his flesh? No? Okay, what? No, I remember him once having a problem. You know, it's too complicated for little kids. It's too, <laughs> it's too complicated for little kids. Okay. Well, you, you brought it up. I was just trying to hear. I'll, uh, it's okay. You can had, remember and tell me next time, okay? He had, one, uh, some, he had a problem that, you know. That wouldn't go away. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I say, that's what I call the thorn in the flesh. Because no, we don't really know what that was, do we? Uh -huh. But he prayed about it. And, and, and God decided to answer that prayer in a different way, right? Yeah. So, so but he listened. The point is, he listened to God, and he followed him for the rest of his life. And you know why we're here today? Because St. Paul went around all that whole area and kept establishing these churches, and the church began to grow. The Christian church began to grow and grow and grow, and, 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 and it just got so big that here we are today. And, and, and the Holy Spirit certainly worked on that, but St. Paul listened, didn't he? St. Paul listened to God. And he did what God wanted. When you listen to God, God will work wonders. I'm telling you, when you listen to God, God will work wonders, okay? Okay? All right. Everybody good? You good, Caleb? Good? Elizabeth, you good? Everybody good? All right. If you want to follow, uh, if you want to go to Children's Chapel, you can go that way and follow Miss Music and everybody else. If you want to stay in here with your parents or grandparents, you can get a packet over here from Mr. Boyd. Okay? Thank you, Daniel. So what I am about to tell you or read to you are some bloopers from church bulletins, some old, some fairly new. These bloopers actually appeared in church bulletins and or at the announcement time from the pulpit. The first one, the sermon this morning, Jesus walks on water. 
the sermon tonight, Searching for Jesus. <laughs> the fasting and prayer conference includes meals. <laughs> Ladies, don't forget the rummage sale. It's a chance to get rid of those things not worth keeping around the house. Bring your husbands. <laughs> Miss Charlene Mason saying, I will not pass this way again, giving obvious pleasure to the congregation. For those of you who have children and don't know it, we have a nursery downstairs. A bean supper will be held on Tuesday evening in the church hall. Music will follow. At the evening service tonight, the sermon topic will be, What is Hell? Come early and listen to our choir practice. <laughs> Potluck supper Sunday at 5 p.m. Prayer and medication to follow. Three more. The low, the low self-esteem support group will meet Thursday at 7 p.m. Please use the back door. Weight Watchers will meet at 7 p.m. at the First Presbyterian Church. Please use large double door at the side entrance. <laughs> and then finally, and I think this one sums them all up, the associate minister unveiled the church's new campaign slogan for pledging. He said, I up my pledge, up yours. I believe with all my heart that God is with us right now in this church. Right now in this church, God is with us. And I believe that God was with us yesterday wherever we were. And I believe that God will be with us tomorrow wherever we might be. Now, just because I believe that God is always with us does not mean that we will always experience his presence. Most of the time we find ourselves consumed with things which demand our time, our attention, things like doing our jobs, fixing meals, doing our homework, filling the gas tank, paying the bills. And for a lot of us, it's hard to imagine that God would be present with us in those routine mundane activities but I do believe that God is present with us at every moment of our lives in every single place we happen to be. And every once in a while, God manages to break through to our consciousness. Again, usually when we take the time to slow down, making himself strikingly real to us in powerful, dramatic ways. Today, I want to speak about how God broke through and came to meet Peter and James and John. But before we go to the high mountain in today's gospel reading, we first have to realize that their journey to that mountain actually began six days earlier. Remember what happened? Immediately before our text from the gospel reading today, is the passage where Jesus asked his followers in Caesarea Philippi, who do you say that I am? 
And Peter had surprisingly responded, Jesus, you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. You know, that's a pivotal moment in this gospel, a moment of truth, a a tremendous high point, a moment where heaven and earth come together. I know this because in the gospel of Matthew, Jesus looks at Peter and he says, Peter, this was shown to you by my father in heaven. Only he could have revealed this to you. And then he blesses Peter. The next thing that happens, Jesus begins to talk to his disciples about his journey to Jerusalem. He tells them that he will have to suffer terribly, that he will be put to death, and that after three days he will rise to life. This is why we read this gospel every year at this time, on this Sunday, just before Ash Wednesday, just before the season of Lent begins, because in the season of Lent, we walk with Jesus on his journey to the cross in Jerusalem. Now, for us on this side of the resurrection, we know what Jesus was talking about, but for those disciples who were on the before side of the resurrection, they didn't quite understand what he was saying. For them, it was like their best friend telling them that they had cancer and they were about to die in six months. We know what that feels like because we all have family and friends who have been through that. Jesus talks to them about his impending death and Peter steps forward and rebukes Jesus and he says, Jesus, no, we won't ever let that happen. But Jesus speaks back just as sternly, get out of my way, Satan. That is not the way to think. And there goes that pivotal moment of the gospel right out the window. That moment of truth has suddenly vanished. Heaven and earth once more have become separated. And for six days, they carry around inside of them this news of Jesus' impending death. For six days, it just soaks into their souls. For six days, They walk in a daze between denial and acceptance. What would they do without Jesus? And then on the seventh day, Jesus took Peter and James and John up the mountain. And suddenly on the seventh day, the day of God's favor, the glory of God was revealed to them. That's what the scripture says. The glory of God was revealed to them. Now, I want to point out two things. First, I want you to notice that Jesus only takes three of his disciples up on that mountain, Peter and James and John. They had become what is now known as the inner circle. And it's interesting to note that these three disciples will not appear again as the inner circle until they come to the Garden of Gethsemane. And there they will accompany Jesus as he struggles in agony through the night knowing that his death is right around the corner. Folks, the two most intimate experiences, the transfiguration and Gethsemane, Jesus shares with the inner circle of disciples. The second thing I want to point out is that in Holy Scripture, and many of you already know this, the mountain symbolizes the place where heaven and earth come together. 
the place where God is revealed. Think of Moses in the book of Exodus. When Moses is tending the flock, he comes to the far side of the desert, to Horeb, the mountain of God, and there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire in a bush that was burning, the burning bush, God upon the mountain. Think of Moses up on Mount Sinai, the story from our Old Testament reading today. When the Lord calls to Moses from the mountain and there is thunder and there is lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast, which was always a signal that God is present and is about to speak. God on the mountain. And think of Elijah in 1 Kings where the Lord says, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tears the mountain apart, shatters the rocks, but the Lord was not found in that wind or the earthquake, but in the still small voice. God on the mountain. Think of Jesus going off by himself to pray to his Father in heaven. Where do the scriptures tell us that he most often goes? To the mountain. God on the mountain. And again, according to the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus told his disciples to go to the mountain in Galilee, and he would meet them there after his resurrection. God on the mountain. And so today, when we hear of Jesus taking his disciples up the mountain, we can almost assume that something very special is about to happen. But those three disciples, when they hiked up that mountain with Jesus, I doubt they realized that that day would be special, that it would be different from the day before. But were they in for a big surprise? Because there on the mountainside, Jesus was completely changed. Metamorphothe is the Greek word. We use this word to describe the change that occurs when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly, metamorphosis. And Jesus' face, it says, shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. In another place, the book of Revelation says that Jesus' face is like the sun shining with full force. I imagine transfiguration was like that. And then the Gospels tell us that Moses and Elijah appeared and they were speaking with Jesus. Remember, thousands of years earlier, right? They were dead and they're speaking with Jesus. And while they were speaking, good old Peter, he interrupts them and says something like, Lord, I'm so glad we are here. What a tremendous religious experience this is for us. Let us build for each of you a tent, a, a shelter. You know, it seems to me that Peter simply felt the need to do something. Like most of us guys, Peter is much more comfortable being busy. It's a way of gaining control in an out-of-control situation. We see the same sort of thing with the storm in chapter 14 when Jesus is walking on the water and Peter has to get out of the boat and walk on the water toward Jesus, a man of action. And at Gethsemane, if in fact Peter is the unnamed disciple, he pulls out a sword and cuts off the soldier's ear, a man of action. So here on the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter's plan of action probably has as much 
to do with finding his own comfort zone as it does with honoring Jesus. But look what happens while Peter is speaking. Suddenly, a bright cloud overshadows them, envelops them, much like in our Old Testament reading today, with the cloud on Mount Sinai, when God spoke to Moses out of the cloud, and the glory of the Lord was in that place, remember? That's what's happening here on this mountain with Jesus and Elijah and Moses and Peter and James and John. There's a whole lot of glory going on. Glory all over the place. Glory on Jesus. Glory on Moses and Elijah. Glory hanging over Peter and James and John. Glory seeping through the clouds. Glory dripping down the sides of the mountain. Glory all over the place. And it's God's glory. And heaven and earth have come together to meet each other again. And in the midst of all that glory, God says to the disciples from within the clouds, this is my own dear son with whom I am very pleased. The very same words that God spoke at Jesus' baptism, except this time, as I mentioned to the children, this time he said, listen to him. I can hear God saying, Peter, When Jesus tells you that he must go to Jerusalem to suffer, to die, to rise again, listen to him. Do not rebuke him. And because of their guilt and their fear and the tremendous sense of awe that must come from being in the presence of God like that, the disciples, they fall on their faces flat to the ground. And then Jesus comes to them and touches them and he says, don't be afraid get up and they make their way back down the mountain now let me end this sermon by saying this in a few moments we will all leave this church building we will re-enter a sometimes unbelievably brutal world where heaven and earth seem to be miles and miles and miles apart We leave with the same problems with which we came, some of which we have created, some of which have entered into our lives unavoidably. But as we leave, let us realize that this morning, we too have been to the mountaintop. We too have seen the Lord before us. We too have felt his touch And we have heard him say to us, get up, don't be afraid, I will be with you always. And as we leave, we begin to realize that we are not the same as we We are not the same as when we came in. Because for a few moments, eternity has broken into this world and heaven and earth have met together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.